Hello, EKN Nation. Welcome to a new edition of the EKN Debrief. It is episode number 120 as we get set to cap off this 2023 season. Tuesday, October the 10th, 2023. Rob Howden here and David Cole, of course, will be joining us after we roll off the intro. Uh, He was uh, trackside of the United States Pro Kart Series Carolina Grand Prix this past weekend down at Trackhouse Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina. The uh, finale for the US PKS program. So, uh, a good one here. A lot of action happening down in North Carolina. Uh, we'll talk all about it here in episode number 120. This week's show is presented by Mega Power Engines. For over 20 years, Greg Bell has been building race-winning power for kart racers. The name on this program, Mega Power. If you want to win shifter kart races, it's time to put Mega Power on your kart. Mega Power specializes in gearbox engines, such as the TMKZ, Rock Shifter, and IAMI Shifter, But with almost three decades of engine building experience, Bell develops winning motors for X30 and Mini Swift and everything in between. Increase your odds of winning in 2023 and 2024 by calling Greg Bell today at 209-747-2613 to put mega power in your corner. All right, David Cole, let's roll into this overview of the 2023 finale for the USPKS, the Carolina Grand Prix. Uh, October 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th, this past weekend, you were trackside at Trackhouse Motorplex in uh, Mooresville, North Carolina. I think a couple of times, maybe in the one-minute flat, you may have started with GoPro, but you you corrected yourself back to Trackhouse. I think it was just the letter G. I think I just uh, just (laughs) began with a g g g g g g g and then retraced my steps back to to remember yeah, uh, yeah. where we were at, which was the track house motorplex and race city, USA, uh, the 11th time United States pro card series has been there. Uh, it is basically the unofficial home. This, this series had the inaugural event there back in 2013 and wrapped up the 2023 season, uh, this past weekend. And, uh, anytime you're there in October, you're not quite sure of weather. It was uh, colder mornings, but luckily sunshine all throughout the weekend. So it did warm up throughout the day. And then once the sun went down, it had you had to bring back the coats and and get warm again. So uh, uh, perfect weather uh, aside, if you're not a fan of cold mornings. (laughs) Interesting weekend, David. Obviously, you know, this was round five of the five round championship program. The series counts the best four events of five towards the championship. I know you said during the one minute flats and some of your coverage coming into the weekend that the, a lot of the categories were essentially almost locked in terms of the championship. There were a couple that were wide open to the point where multiple guys, not just one or two were still in the hunt, but like six or seven, I think you said of one of the categories were still in the hunt for the championship when you rolled in for the weekend. Yeah. Well, I'll talk a little bit more about that yep. when we wrap up, but yeah, I mean that it's a different format, you know, yeah. the additive fifth event. So uh, and then obviously the, the format of the weekends having one main event, uh, per weekend. So it, it was, a it was kind of a new, um, series in a way, but yeah, not really true. because it's yeah. still the, the United States pro cart series, but the format and, and that's something that, you know, was, was talked about throughout the weekend, of course, being the finale. Um, and yeah, we'll get into a little bit more about that later, but, um, but yeah, so it made for, uh, you know, basically <clears throat> for a lot of people, it's a one-off weekend. You know, they're going, yeah. they're going win or bust. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, let's have a look at the by the numbers overall. The USPKS a fantastic season. Uh, every uh, one of their five events over two hundred and thirty mm-hmm. driver or entries. Uh, the lowest was uh, Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati at two hundred and thirty-one. 
Um, actually, Trackhouse, this event ended up being the, the second lowest of the numbers, but that's something over the years we kind of always expect for a finale. Drivers who are out of the championship, back to school, budget reasons, whatever it may be. Uh, overall, the numbers at Trackhouse, 273 entries. Uh, obviously, the high water mark starting off the season at Orlando, over 300. A nice little, a little bit of a dip, but a good run there through speed sports in Texas and Newcastle at 284 in Texas and 287 in Indiana. But David, 273 drivers to cap things off uh, at Trackhouse. You and I talked entries. about the fact. Pardon me. Entries. Entries, not drivers. Entries. Got it. We Got talked about that. I know, 100. <laughs> I get it. We talked about the fact that in Cadet, uh, 81 drivers ended up uh, being total in the Cadet classes over micro and mini, which is amazing. And then you just look at the KA100 Junior Master category, where you're at 113 drivers combined for junior and senior. So again, big numbers over the uh, over the eight categories. Yeah, that's the core of the United States Pro Kart Series uh, throughout the season has been cadet racing and the KA100 categories. Yep. You know, not necessarily Masters. It's kind of been there in either. Uh, engine selection back when it was the X30 and still now with a K, but we did, did show a peak of 27 uh, at the beginning of the year. So it has that, again, that potential uh, of, of continuing to grow. Um, maybe not like K100 senior where it was at the, the event high of 58 drivers competing. So uh, again, yeah, great, uh, a great base in those four categories of K100 senior, junior, mini Swift and micro Swift. Yeah, uh, 18 in X30 Junior, 37 in X30 Pro, so a good number there. Uh, you know, uh, it was kind of really steady. The only drop, big drop off, really was at, at Cincinnati, where they only had 22, but 39 at Orlando, 37 in Texas, 36 at Newcastle, 37 at Trackhouse. So overall, the X30 Pro is still kind of steady throughout the season. Uh, you know, we talked about K100 Masters falling off a little bit at the end of the season, but they had 27 drivers there, so there is interest there. We know that. And then, of course, David, let's talk about Pro Shifter. I know we're going to dive into all the categories, but let's wrap up this initial uh, segment of this uh, episode of the debrief with Pro Shifter. They ended up having just 10 drivers trackside. Was there any – did you talk to a bunch of guys? Was it budget? Were guys looking forward to the Vegas events? What was the reason for the drop to just 10 Pro Shifters? Well, I wouldn't be able to talk to them because they weren't there. I realize um. that. But, or, 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 listen, hey, or, work or, on listen, your questioning, Rob. No, listen, or were some, were some of them there trackside doing something else like a Marion Kremers? Right. Uh, Marnie. Yeah. Marnie wasn't expected to even race on the weekend. I will talk about that more in the paddock pass, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I look at the calendar, you're two weeks away from rock Vegas. So there's a lot of competitors that are saving up for that. And not, yeah. not to mention supercar to USA, uh, super nationals, 26, a couple, two weeks after that as well too. So again, and we've talked about this many, many times is pro is shifter cart drivers do not race many events throughout the season they select where they want to go and we're, yeah. we're lucky to have 10 because if it wasn't for the three gfc drivers that showed up it would have been at seven so um in a way um you know it was a good boost to have uh gary carlton and his crew there uh, racing in the category uh otherwise it would have been a really low number for this division and again that was one of the focal points that i was talking about when they said they were going to add pro shifter i'm like you have five events. A lot of these guys won't even go to three events. And yep. I think that's kind of the, the, the situation, especially with as many races as we have going on in the country. I think that's that's part of the issue. You can't race. Pro Shifter is the elite category in terms of budget racing because you're spending a lot of more money 
than you say are for K100 Senior or even for the X30 program. So um, that has a lot to do with it. So, if, you know, it, it's still kind of a, a tug of war, you know, SCUSA, USPKS, both now having shifter categories. That's, you know, over eight weekends and 10 if you count the, the Winter Series yep. program as well, too. Yep. So that's a lot for shifter racers. And a lot of them are, are, are kind of picking and choosing where they go. We've seen that with the entry list. For sure. All right. When we get back after this first break in the action on this edition of the debrief, we will jump into the paddock pass. David's got lots of stuff to talk about from being down at Trackhouse. Stay tuned. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite Karting offers you all of that at an affordable price. Ignite Karting utilizes the spec Margay Ignite K3 with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and a Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the Junior, Senior, and Masters classes compete on the same Ignite K3 chassis, which puts all the emphasis squarely on driver development. Additionally, Ignite Karting is accessible at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for the 2023 season include the Ignite Majors, which begins with the annual trip to the Daytona International Speedway as part of the WKA Daytona Kart Week as part of both the sprint and road racing events. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the regionally based Ignite Challenge, which just finished up a record-setting season in 2022. Local club programs have also been established in other states all across the country, from Idaho to Texas, Nebraska to New York, with more tracks and clubs joining the Ignite Karting program. Be part of fast fun and great memories with Margay Racing at an Ignite track near you. All information on Ignite events and Ignite Kart packages, including dealers in your area, are available at ignitekarting.com. Get off the couch and out onto the track in 2023. Ignite Karting, fuel your passion. History, success, family. Those are the three words that can describe Comet Kart Sales, one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation located just outside of Indianapolis has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. From full karting packages, new engines, spare or replacement parts, and safety gear, find it all at CometCartSales.com. Their Comet Racing Engine service has won multiple major events and championships over decades of karting and continues to offer the best trackside service in the industry, specializing in IAMI X30, IAMI Swift, and other two-cycle power plants. Make sure to head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Kart Sales family today. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts 
at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Kart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. Welcome back to episode 120 of our EKN Debrief, our post-event race recap podcast. Uh, again, this uh, broadcast brought to you by Mega Power Engines. Big shout out to Greg Bell. The Paddock Pass, though, presented by Factory Carts. Made in the USA. It's not just a statement. It's the mission at Factory Carts of America. Led by four-time Supernats champion Billy Musgrave, Factory Carts manufactures their frames completely in-house at the Riverside, California facility. Built and designed from the ground up specifically for the American karting market, Factory Carts brings new innovations and solutions that are long overdue. No other karting manufacturer stands behind its product as Factory Carts does, providing a two-year warranty on all their frames. Learn more by visiting factorycarts.com or email Billy at any time at info at factorycarts.com. All right, David Cole, lots of stuff going on. The Paddock Pass, you got what? Like, looks like you got six notes here to bring in. Let's 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 talk about stuff that happened away from the actual racing itself. Well, to begin with, the new name, same racetrack, was one of the titles I came up with coming into the weekend. You know, it it is uh, a new name for the Trackhouse Motorplex. We knew it as Mooresville Motorplex when it first opened back in 2012. And now, and then after that, it was GoPro Motorplex for the longest time. So it's um, it's it was good to see the new the new branding across the racetrack. Obviously, they have all the swag they have there at the racetrack uh, across the on the actual racetrack with the the start finish line with the Trackhouse Motorplex name across of it as well too. Um, so that that was kind of a focal point entering the weekend was the the, the series going back to what is the unofficial home but with a new name for the racetrack. And I still say this, they have the greatest idea. They have Hunt Brothers Pizza in there. I'm telling you what, man, you just go in there, you pay four bucks for a little slice of pizza. I don't know why more racetracks don't have this. They need to, they Hunt Brothers need pizza, needs to be at every racetrack. It's, <laughs> it's just a great idea because, you know, come Sunday when we're doing four straight hours of racing and no lunch break, it's easy to just hop in, get a, get a hot and ready pizza from Hunt Brothers Pizza. It was awesome. There you go. And that's right up your alley, too, which is perfect. It's, well, of course, it, it's up any, anybody's alley except for my son who doesn't eat pizza. But that's that's a whole nother podcast to get into. So, so you, listen, good weekend for you, obviously. You're, you're slamming out slices of pizza and then you head over to Chris Nachman and he's making smash burgers for you. Oh, amazing. Yeah, Dude, I, you're, I, this is like a win win. Michigan whomped on Minnesota. The Bears won Thursday night as I was traveling there. I mean, this was almost like a picture perfect weekend for me. <laughs> <laughs> good man good man all right so what's what's next up for paddock pass because again i, I kind of alluded to it already with martin kremers yeah so that was one of the uh topics we had in the outlap we weren't sure if he was racing didn't get back to us and and, and the message that we sent to him and then uh, after we had recorded we got the message that he was entering uh, x30 um talked to him track side it was kind of a last minute deal he was actually scheduled to work with uh Anthony uh, Martella uh, as a basically driver coach data guy for him and for the rest of the PSL uh, Mark Steele racing and speed sports operation that was there for the weekend. Uh, But they were like, Hey, we got a cart. Let's put you in it. And so 
he had to, he didn't have any of his racing gear there. Cause again, wasn't scheduled to even race. <laughs> I saw that. So he had to borrow Henry Wheeler's, uh, spare helmet and essentially use Mark Steele's race suits, uh, to be able to, uh, to race on the weekend. So it was, uh, yeah. So pro shifter was not in the bag for him. It was off the schedule, uh, just came off the world championship. Uh, basically the championship was already AJ Myers to, to have, um, and I think the idea was to to not put the resources into another weekend of racing and save it for the upcoming uh, one off events. But uh, but, yeah, got to get back into the single speed side of things. Did that all last year, did double yeah. duty and uh, again, was one of the uh, the factors all season long and and kind of kept himself up towards the uh, the front and then the top 10 all weekend long. Yeah, we're done about that. Again, Marion Krebs, we know, is an incredible talent, and good to see him jump back behind the wheel. Speaking of incredible talents, one of the things, David, that we, we found very interesting, we saw it first at the at the race Rotax U.S. Trophy Final, where Ernesto Rivera, who really has been the top junior driver in the country since winning the Super Nats last year and winning multiple races and championships this year, uh, graduating up early, jumping up into the senior category, Ernesto didn't. He wasn't the only driver that did that on this weekend either. No, he wasn't. Uh, in the underneath the Rollison Performance Group tent was Max Taylor, a uh, guy that you're familiar with on the yeah. USF Championship side of things. Uh, Max moved up from the junior ranks to race in the senior category as well. So, so uh, again, working with the drivers, you know, Hayden Jones moving over uh, back to Rollison Performance Group for the weekend, and a number of other drivers in that X30 Pro category underneath the Rollison tent. Also in the cadet divisions, we were talking about Enzo De Janeiro not on the micro list. weren't sure about that. Ended up we he moved up, um, was in the championship in a micro. Obviously not able to win the actual title, but be in the top five uh, or improve his position within the top five of the standings. He actually moved up to the mini swift category uh, during the, the series finale. So. Um, that was an interesting move, uh, just something that uh, the the family wanted to do. And uh, um, but uh, we'll you know we'll talk about championship later. But I think he fared off pretty well in mini. I think he finished within uh, the upper half of the field. No, well, the interesting thing, Dave, we you know the, the the note there is drivers graduating early because we do always see drivers move up, but normally they'll wait to to one of the Vegas races, right? In years past, it's always been the Super Nats. The driver would you know run junior whatever and then debut into senior at the Supernats, right? Get the championship done, whatever it may be. We've seen a lot of drivers do that, but obviously a couple of them doing it a little bit earlier in the season with the U.S. Trophy final at Newcastle, and of course, here at Trackhouse as well. One of the other notes, Dave, you talk about uh, a super sub. Give me some information on what happened with Ashton Wound. Yeah, that was another out, uh, outlap the topic that we had because Ashton Noon just had his cast taken off uh, after suffering a broken arm uh, a, month of, a month ago. Uh, was on the entry list and then uh, was there this weekend, but only did a qualifying session to be able to uh, have his um, name on entry and and as a uh, the official driver, but uh, had Tristan Murphy come in and uh, be the sub for him okay. on the weekend. So uh, we're not exactly up to uh, the physical regimen to be able to race, but uh, was able to get out there and get uh, a qualifying lap or two in. But uh, had Tristan Murphy race the uh, the rest of the weekend for him as his sub. Interesting. All right. Well, one of the things, obviously, with Trackhouse uh, Motorplex, and we see it all the time. I mean, we were, I was talking to, to my uh, mechanic at uh, 
at the Cup Cards North America Grand Nationals, Taron Odom, he talked about the fact that there's a bunch of guys in, in the Cup Series uh, and Xfinity that come out on a regular basis. I think, it's a I think it's a Tuesday night deal where they come out and they pound a bunch of laps out. Taron and the crew get the carts all ready. So there's a lot of drivers in the NASCAR family, the NASCAR community that really leverage Trackhouse uh, to come out. And, you know, it's good for the road racing, right? Good experience, good quality testing as well in terms of just being able to do the road racing stuff. Uh, tell me, a lot of celebs in the house this past weekend at Trackhouse? Not a lot, but a good handful uh, among the one that I didn't see, but it was told was Joey Logano was there okay. uh, earlier in the day on Friday. And then as the day continued on, it was I saw uh, Joey Hand, who was actually there not as a racing dad, but there uh, in the Charlotte area because of the Roval NASCAR yeah. race going on in the area. So he was doing a lot of sim work and race and working with uh, the NASCAR drivers, including uh, Brad Keselowski, who showed up. Uh, towards the end of Friday and uh, checking out things and seeing, uh, again, they don't typically see a big, massive traveling event uh, at GoPro or see, I did it. So, you know, that, it brought their attention. So uh, he came and checked it out, had some questions about the race and, and uh, you know, the sport in general. So it was good to kind of talk with him. Great to have uh, Joey hand introduce me to him. And then, uh, and of course, Will Power. That was a, uh, he was a late entry at track entry, decided to uh, compete in the X30 Pro division. Uh, you saw it on social media. He was doing, he had um, his social media content there, kind of following him throughout the weekend. It, it ended a little early for him, but uh, um, power was uh, certainly quick. Yeah. And if they would have had, you know, if he would have been in the master category, it probably would have been a, a pretty dominant performance for him but uh you know will power he loves a challenge to compete against the young kids <laughs> yes, and uh, yeah. and did that until uh, a lot of them started driving over their heads so uh, he chose to elected to uh to stand to the side and no longer race the rest of the weekend that didn't surprise me at all yeah i, I again he's uh there, there are bigger fish to fry for will power in 2024 right? yeah, a little bit of an important test coming up uh, exactly for that. penske racing a hundred percent and one of the things we talked about in in the uh in the outlap podcast and we'll wrap things up here with this uh, panic pass presented, presented by factory carts with the the guy that decided to do something a bit different and that's dalton haynes trying the triple on the weekend pretty cool story for dalton it was, you know, I want, I tried to track him down for a photo, but he had new graphics coming in. Well, I didn't have time once he got the graphics in. And then once, of course, we started racing, it's just a chaotic day on Saturday. So uh, we weren't able to get a good photo of him to put up on the actual paddock uh, insider and up on social media. But uh, just to just to see and, and we didn't get to follow him, too, as well. I got a little busy with, you know, getting in there late and not having everything set up. So it took a little bit to do that. But. It was cool to see him. He bought, he actually had to bounce from pro shifter to KA. So they were back to back wow. in sessions. So um, maybe helped out the K a little bit because he could break in a little bit deeper. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, and then uh, had two classes in between that and the X30 pro category. So to run all three senior categories in the same weekend, that uh, was phenomenal. Obviously, it helped being at Trackhouse Motorplex. He knows that place. It's his home racetrack. Uh, but was working with Chad Dock and racing and uh, all three on the cart Republic had Amir uh, with SRP engines doing the shifter cart. Um, his brother working on, I believe it was the KA and then another person helping him with the X30 or vice versa, whichever. So uh, uh, yeah, had uh, he was busy all weekend long and kept talking to him. Didn't seem like it was wearing on him uh, physically or, you know, endurance wise. So he was uh, again, 
we'll talk about them more as uh, as we get into the race report. Yeah, good for good for him. Again, that wraps things up for this edition of the Paddock Pass. When we get back, speaking of that race report, David mentioned we're going to get into it. We'll uh, after this break uh, talk about X30 Pro, KA100 Senior, and Pro Shifter. All the Pro Primary headline categories up next. It's a multi-time world champion, and it's a Supercarts USA Super Nationals winner. It is Sodi Kart. And starting in 2023, the Sodi brand has found a new home here in the U.S. Sodi Racing USA is the new exclusive importer of the Sodi Kart chassis line under the karting distribution banner, led by industry veteran Terry Germanovich. The French manufacturer Sodi Kart is a leader within the karting industry, offering a wide range of products and services. The Sodi Racing chassis line offers product in classes from Mini to KZ, all based on years of development and championship seasons around the world. Sodi Racing USA has already begun establishing its dealer network, working with the Karting Collective on the West Coast, and recently signing PK Sport to serve as a dealer and the official race team on the East Coast. Visit Sodi-Racing-USA.com to learn more about the Sodi Kart chassis line or call 954-634-5111 to become part of the Sodi Racing USA network today. Sodi Kart, the world leader in the karting industry. Are you ready to go from carts to cars? Since 1975, the Skip Barber Racing School has taken great drivers and made them champions. Today, we're proud to welcome the next generation of winners. Make the transition from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Formula Race Series. You'll compete at the most iconic tracks in America. Race weekends include your very own equalized Formula 4 race car, a professional crew, expert instruction, video and data analysis, hospitality, and more. This is the place to fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. Sign up today by calling 866-932-1949 or visit us at skipbarber.com. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at www.franklincart.com where all our products are just a mouse click away. We're constantly adding to the growing product selection on the online store, and we ship daily to ensure products get to you quickly. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, ceramic products, driveline branded products, Briggs & Stratton engines, OTK products, and of course, the championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fill your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to innovative engine works by FMS, our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. And 
we're back with episode number 120 of our EKN Debrief, diving into the USPKS finale here at Trackhouse Motorplex down in Mooresville, North Carolina. David Cole with me here. Of course, he was trackside throughout the weekend, so he'll be doing the heavy lifting throughout the day. Into the race report now, presented by Parolin USA. It all started in 1994 when former kart driver Albino Parolin decided to move his passion from karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Parolin was born. Parallel USA is North America's source for Parallel products, and we run a factory race team at all the major Supercarts USA, USPKS, and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2023 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for junior and senior drivers, the 28mm Opportunity Model for cadet classes, and the Daytona 4-Cycle Chassis. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parallel. For more information, head to ParallelUSA.com. All right, DC, let's get rolling here. And as we do with these uh, these debriefs, I'll throw out the headline. You can fill in the story after that. We'll start with X30 Pro, brought to you by Franklin Motorsports. And the headline is this. Jones wins in return with RPG as Norberg takes third straight title. It was a beginning as the Ryan Norberg show, as he needed to put in a solid performance on the weekend to be able to clinch a third straight championship uh, Diego Ramos came in as a championship leader, not counting the drop race and was the kind of focal point uh, throughout the weekend. Unfortunately for him, it was a struggle all weekend long, was never inside the top 10. Wow. Um, while Norberg continued to show the way throughout the weekend, ended up setting fast time and qualifying with a 47.062 ahead of Garrison, Braden Eves, Ernesto Rivera and Hayden Jones. Norberg ended up winning the opening two heat races, trailed by Garrison and Rivera in both. And then in the third heat race, that was probably the more craziest X30 race we had ever seen. Wow, really? Uh, it was Norberg and Garrison that were able to basically get away, and they pulled out to a 10-second lead over a 10-lap race. Man. Now, the reasoning behind that was the chaos going on behind them, Marnian Kremers up front trying to play um, blocker, you could say, to try and help Diego Ramos kind of move up through the field a little bit. Um, Not a lot of drivers were taking to that very kindly, so there was a lot of this, a lot of that, all happening all over the place, All right, uh, including Ramos actually uh, getting hit and losing a chain um, going into turn one. Um, So that kind of was the exclamation point on what was his weekend come Saturday evening uh, DNFing in that final heat race. So uh, again, not a, a great weekend for Ramos trying to get that championship. So that set up. So with Garrison taking the win in heat three, it still put Norberg on the pole position alongside Garrison with Hayden Jones, who had consistent uh, top five finishes throughout the heat race, put him third on the main event grid with Rivera on the outside and Braden Eve starting from P5. Uh, moving into the main event, uh, it was a great top four battle. You had Jones, Gar- or you had Norberg, Garrison, and Jones out front, and eventually Rivera was able to close in and catch those three to make it a four-driver fight. They kind of stayed stable until the final couple of laps when they uh, went side-by-side, passing a uh, great race again, all three, all four drivers respecting one another. Nothing dirty, nothing, you know, out of the out of the ordinary. Just good hard racing. Eventually, Jones made a great move going up the hill into turn three, which caught Garrison, who was leading at the white flag, caught him 
caught him off guard, just simply put. And uh, Jones was able to get by him and then held on through the closing of the last lap to be able to win by 72 thousandths of a second ahead of Garrison. Yeah, that run through the final corner, man. Everybody was trying to, to see if there was going to be some contact. See the guys, Rivera and Norbert were ready to kind of clean things up, right? It was it was a fantastic final final lap for sure. It was, yeah. And, and again, you know, respect, you know, they all got out, shook hands, talked yeah. about it. You know, it's just, uh, you know, everybody kept saying, Jones, you were just a little bit quicker than everybody. And so he, he was able to hold that through on the final lap. Yeah, big, uh, big run, of course, for for RPG to put the, the three drivers there in the uh, uh, in the top four. Uh, Dalton Haynes, we talked about him already doing the triple. He ended up P5 on the Cart Republic. Hard charger with Tyler McIntyre up 15 spots, started 28th, was able to get his way into 13th. So a good run for Tyler on the Tony cart, but David, in the end, uh, what do you say about Ryan Norberg? Did, did, did not get a win on the season though. He didn't win one, did it? No win on no, the season. No so, win. uh, yeah, that the video that we're putting up today, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, so it's not exactly the championship, how he wanted to win it, but, uh, you know, consistency over uh, this, this new format helped him earn a third straight championship. Amazing. Amazing. Diego Ramos ending up in second spot after a rough weekend as David had detailed Austin Garrison, uh, ends up third Harley Keeble in fourth and Brandon Carr rounding up the top five big one for, for, for Norberg third straight championship, what eighth, eighth over overall David national title now for Norberg with the ones he's had some scusa as well. Yeah, three championships in the United States Pro Kart Series, five in Superkarts USA wow. competition. Um, and of note, you know, Garrison and Keeble, they only ran four weekends. Yeah. So they went, they were all in on on their results. You know, both I think were not at the series opener. Um, I think Keeble ran maybe he ran that one, or he might have not been at that race. I'll okay. have to double check that. I can't remember. Let me see here. But yeah, I mean, yeah, was not at the did not run X30. Uh, at the opener so uh yeah that, that you'll see that in a few of the championships that we do have yep. where drivers who only ran four weekends were still up in the top five thanks to the drop race well, let's jump over now here into ka100 senior presented by mike Doty racing here's your headline keeble becomes fifth different winner as mesa earns a rookie season championship yeah, this category, obviously the largest of the weekend, was one of the the fun ones to watch because there was a lot of drivers within the mix that was going to be uh, that were basically fighting to be there for the the main event on Sunday, Friday evening. It began with Western Workman, the Mazda driver, just coming off a win at the SCCA runoffs. Yeah, how good is that? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was great. Great to talk to him in in the post qualifying interview. Uh, he was able to put down a 49.6 A2 lap to uh, secure the pole position at his home racetrack with Timmy Tech and the Comp Cart crew. Uh, Meza in second, uh, not Colin Warren, uh, Eli, Eli Warren in the in the third spot with uh, Adam Brickley and Alex Stanfield making up the fast five. You go into the heat races again. The large field provided the A B C D format or. Yeah, I don't never mind. I'll leave the nickname out because it's swearing. So <laughs> me and I will just say me and Allie Long and, and at the uh, in the scoring room uh, made up a nickname for the group name. So we won't. You can tell me yeah. that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Meza and Massimino, Paulie Massimino, who's running double duty on the weekend, they were able to win the opening heat races. Brandon Lemke, who actually got involved in a wreck in his first opening heat race, he came back to win 
uh, heat number two along did with Meza adding a second. And then the third round of heat races, it was Masamina with a second win and Meza picking up a third heat race win. Wow. So near perfect points up to that point as he was only second in qualifying. So he came in probably, I think it was fifth in the points go into Sunday, basically came down to himself and Connor Ferris as the championship contenders as wow. championship leader. Peyton Phillips had a disastrous weekend, including the final where he had a wreck in the opening lap. No, fell all the way back to the tail of the field and eventually uh, retired early. So it was his drop race while Meza and Ferris had pretty solid weekends. Ferris was actually uh, started fourth in the main event as he had finishes of fourth, third and second in the heat races. So again, all the heat races counting towards the points, yeah. uh, the better you score there, the better your chances in the championship. So it came down to basically who beat who in the main event. So we we're kind of watching that as a wild and, of course, crazy race and K100 seniors going on. Um, basically, who beat who was going to win the championship. At one point, I think it was only two points separating the two. I believe Meza in the second spot and Ferris in third, and it gave Meza uh, the championship by just two points. So we we're kind of watching that as the race was going on. Uh, as the race continued, eventually it was Meza and Keeble that were able to kind of break away from the pack as those two ran nose to tail and, and pushed away from the rest of the group. So that kind of essentially took Ferris out of the championship hunt as he saw Meza and Keeble get away. Um, they kind of kept it clean until the last lap. And obviously Meza made a move for the lead, try and get the victory. Uh, but Keeble came back and retaliated really good and was able to get to the lead uh, in the second half of the last lap. And Meza, I think, knowing championships still in the mind, but didn't really even know if he was going to be able to score the championship. Kept it clean, didn't make anything, any any uh, bad moves, and Keeble was able to go on to score the victory by two-tenths of a second. That's big, though, for, for Mesa to be able to come away with a championship. Good, good on Harley Keeble in the Sodi cart. Getting yet another win. He's had a tremendous season here running in the USA. A couple tenths of a second over Mesa. Dalton Haynes, that triple duty driver, coming home P3. Ferris ends up in the four spot. David and Alex Stanfield rounding up the top five. Yeah, it was. Yeah, again, uh, Haynes just was able to come up from six. So again, was in that mix all race long. I think he was one of. The, yeah, he had fast lap of the race, so one wow. of the quickest drivers on the racetrack. So Ferris lost another spot there. That essentially gave Meza the championship lead by or championship title by just seventeen points. Seventeen points. And you think about it, David, that over a body of work over over the weekends, right? Where you talk about the points up for grabs and qualifying all the heat races, it ends up being just seventeen points with Ferris over top of Mesa. Phillips ends up in third. Peyton Phillips, as you said, a, a rough weekend all told. Uh, 143 back, shipping in fourth, and Braden Eves rounding up the top five. That's a that's a solid battle. And again, that listen, that that speaks volumes with this particular approach to race weekends. How you have to be pushing every, you know, you can't just hang back. Oh, I, I decided to finish fifth in a heat race instead of four, you know, whatever it may be. Like you just, you got to keep pushing all the time. You do have to keep pushing or at least maximize uh, yes. your performance without risk, you know, without too much risk. I think yes. that that's key part of it. Um, yeah, because you talk about 650 points is a maximum you can leave with, including the number of entries as well. So that was a, a big part of it. And, um, one thing to mention, 
yeah, five different winners in K1 and senior. And I forgot to mention five different winners in the X30 pro category. <laughs> so, so I think that's part of why these championships were close coming into the weekend. Cause yep. of, when you have that many different winners, uh, the point spread is going to be a lot closer. Uh, yeah, no, nobody, was in, nobody was dominant. Right? Nobody was dominant. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. Uh, let's shout out to Anthony Martella on the Burrell Art for PSL Carding Hard Charger. Up 23 positions, started back in 42nd and worked his way up into 19th. So a good run there for Anthony Martella, who moved up to senior this year. Uh, David, one more sh- class here in the headline categories on this segment here on the uh, EKN Debrief. We'll go to Pro Shifter, presented by SRP Engines. And the headline, Wick goes two for two as Myers becomes inaugural champion. Yeah, Wick made his second start, first start ever uh, start at Trackhouse Motorplex. He had been there before back in 2013. I think he said in junior road tax doing some laps uh, <laughs> back then with Mike Rollison. They didn't race the Grand Nationals, but did uh, did some practice laps there do, wow. did, doing some testing. So it had been a while since Wick had been back to Trackhouse Motorplex and loved the racetrack as he, you could tell by his qualifying time with a 45.135 he and jacob gulick were able to go one two for gfc and qualifying as myers now who who now calls Trackhouse motorplex's home racetrack was in the third spot uh myers got out however to the lead in the opening heat race but uh engine failure i believe it was something related to the spark plug uh, a piece of it broke off and Ouch. got into the engine. So um, a tough one for him as uh, he DNF'd in the opening heat that allowed Wick and Gulick to go 1-2. Uh, but Myers came back to win the second and third heat races with the engine swap. Uh, and that essentially put Wick and Myers on the front row. Wick getting the pole position. Myers in the second spot. Alan Isambard, the Sodi Racing USA driver, uh, had a third place finish. Uh, and was able to start third uh, alongside Talon Yako with Jacob Gulick, who had a DNF in Heat 3, trying to make a pass. Contact happened, ended up on the sideline, so it put him back on P5 for the starting grid. Uh, It was a whole-shot victory, however, for Wick, as he was able to grab the lead from the start and held off Myers in the early laps. Kind of had about a five- to six-cart-length lead, for majority of the race, stretched it out a little bit more. And then Talon Yako came in towards the end of the race, uh, putting down some pretty good lap times, ran down Myers and eventually took over the second spot. And uh, that essentially allowed Wick to go unchallenged uh, to the victory. Wick with the fast lap of the race at 45.385. So only two tenths off what he did in qualifying with uh, the new set of tires. Um Wick was able to secure his second victory in his second start at the USBKS. Wow. Talon Yackel with the uh, second spot, as they said, getting uh, ahead of uh, of uh, AJ Myers late in the run. Both those magic card drivers going at it. Gulick ends up in the fourth spot. And how about this, David? Dalton Haynes, triple duty driver, top five in all three categories. That is, to me, that's an amazing performance. Yeah, it's it. That was uh, one of the big stories of the weekend. Obviously, yeah. going in and be able to to perform. And again, qualifying or pro shifter, he was he had speed. There's no doubt about it. He had it. I think it was more consistency uh, behind the wheel in the shifter. I think with more lap times and maybe yep. some more testing, I think he could he could probably find a tenth or two to be able to be right there with Myers and Yackel and Wick. So. Wow. Uh, uh, certainly he matched the same lap time Jacob Gulick did in the main event. So, uh, just wasn't able to get there, 
uh, towards uh, the early part. So there was a bit of a gap between uh, the top four and the rest of the field. So um, great performance by Haynes. Um, you know, it's, it's it October. Oh, that's right. Rotax was September. I was going to say October was, has been his month, but I guess the last month of the year, yep. last 30 days has been pretty phenomenal for him. And just, just one of the great stories, I think of the entire season in terms of carding, right? The, the win he was able to get at the IAMI, uh, IAMI uh, Grand National event uh, back in the mid summer. then of course, getting on team USA uh, at the Rotax a race Rotex U.S. Trophy final, and then this tremendous performance. He didn't get a win here, but top fives in all three of those categories, I think just absolutely impressive for Dalton Haynes. Uh, there was a hard charger. That was Talon Yackel, started fourth, ends up in second, but with only 10 drivers in the field, you know, hard to really throw a hard charger out there. But David, in the end, A.J. Myers uh, knocking another championship down. And in the record books, in the in as you will have on your spreadsheet as part of your, as part of your archives, he will become and be known as the inaugural champion of the pro shipper category in the USPKS. Correct. I just filled that out before we recorded our show. Cause I wanted to be able to look at, you know, some of the past champions that yeah. we've had in some of the other categories. Uh, but yeah, AJ Myers, the only name in that column uh, in my spreadsheet aboard the magic cart as the pro shifter champion in USPKS competition. All right, back for another break. We get back on the race report presented today by Paraland USA. We'll have X30 Junior, KA100 Junior, and KA100 Masters. More to come on this edition of The Debrief. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Xpre chassis, and now the new Red Speed and EOS brands, OTK quality is second to none. All five brands are winning races and championships across the country in national programs like the Rock Cup USA Florida Winter Tour and the Challenge of the Americas, the Scusa Pro Tour and Winter Series, and the Pro Kart Challenge, United States Pro Kart Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup. And OTK products are also front and center on the podium of club and regional races from coast to coast. To learn more about a specific product line, you can find the OTK USA dealer near you. Whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xfree, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otkusa.com. Specific chassis territories are still available, so kart shops interested in adding a winning component to their product lineups can contact OTK USA directly. Top-level production with a focus on a single form of motorsport, karting. This is MG Tires. MG Tires USA, underneath the Vantage Karting Group banner, is the official distributor of the MG Tires brand for the United States. MG Tires are the official spec tire in the U.S. Pro Kart Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, Sunshine State Karting Challenge, and countless clubs across the country. No matter your compound preference, MG Tires USA has you covered. Whether it's the medium SH Red or the soft SM Yellow that you find at many karting events in the US, or the super soft green SS and the intermediate white IZ optional compounds, MG Tires USA has your winning set of rubber in stock. Indoor and outdoor rental facilities can now trust MG Tires with their solution to long lasting and the best performance with three different compounds available through the RL line. 
For more info about MG Tires USA and its extensive list of dealers near you, check out their website at mgtiresusa.com. MG Tires, for the drivers. CRG is one of the most iconic brands in karting, and we're primed and ready for the 2022 season with new material and a never-ending focus on winning. CRG Nordam is the North American distributor for all CRG products. Based outside of Houston, Texas, CRG Nordam supports CRG dealers across the continent, reaching every corner of North America. The CRG KT5 is our new chassis for tag and shifter racing, and it's been designed specifically for the U.S. market. The KT5 features 30mm construction with a 32mm front loop to increase front grip. CRG's new Ven 13 brake system is cutting-edge technology with a master cylinder that allows for pressure regulation within the system. Drivers can customize brake pressure to their own requirements to improve feel and to avoid brake lockup. The cart is finished with new KG 507-508 bodywork that has refined aerodynamics and reduced weight. For cadet drivers, the 2022 CRG Black Mirror is already logging positive results to start the new season. This chassis will be making big waves in 2022. Longtime CRG drivers will be happy to know that the CRG Road Rebel, the standard in quality and performance, is still available. With four cycle racing enjoying consistent growth in North America, CRG's FS4 chassis is the ideal choice for racers in Briggs and Stratton competition. From pure racing to karting entertainment, many tracks, both indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the CRG Centurion rental cart line. Five different models for both gas-powered or electric engines can fit any track's needs for a new rental cart fleet. CRG Nordam has a full inventory of rental carts available for new and existing facilities. For more information on the CRG product line, head to www.cartcrg.com and to inquire about a North American dealer near you, please email us at info at cartcrg-nordam.com. Welcome back to episode number 120 of the EKN Debrief. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole. The broadcast brought to you by Mega Power Engines and, of course, the race report now presented by Parallel USA. We'll jump into the X30 Junior category as we wrap up things. The race report of the USPKS finale at Trackhouse Motorplex. Uh, X30 Junior, this uh, uh, class on the program brought to you by Rawlison Performance Group. And here's the headline, our delays wins in wild fashion. Tell me more, David. It was a wild one. Again, one of the lower attended categories was one of the wildest all weekend long. And you got to expect that with the X30 junior group, as we do each and every weekend. Diego Ardila is the driver that was quickest in qualifying at 48.782 for his first pole, pole position in the category uh, on the season. Stephen Miller second, Jackson Woolney joining the Speed Concepts Racing Red Speed crew in the third spot. Enzo Vidmontien and Sarah Bradley rounding out the Fast Five. And the heat races, again, wild and crazy. Never quite sure knew who was going to be able to pull it off. Ardila's held on in the opening heat race ahead of Wolney and Carter McMurray. But it was Wolney taking the victory in, or the win in heat number two ahead of Vidmontien and Miller as Ardila's got shuffled back. Uh, and then in the third heat, again, end of the day Saturday, 
a lot of things happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. And, you know, it's the end of the day, man. Things things can get a little crazy, and that one was pretty crazy. Not as crazy as X30 Pro, but uh, it, it was a good appetizer to what we were going to see because it was just class before it. Uh, and Carter McMurray able to come away with a heat win. So nice. uh, ahead of Davin Roberts and Sarah Bradley, this category, th- that race had a lot of number of different penalties, swerving okay. and contacts. So, oh, really? But, but McMurray actually won it on the racetrack. So good it was good him. to see that. Um, so that set the grid to put Woolney on the pole position for the main event with Carter McMurray on the outside. Stephen Miller and Enzo Vidmontiana row two and Diego Ardiles back in the fifth spot as he had a, a win, a seventh and 11th going into the main event. So a little bit of a downward spiral for him. However, you just never know when the main event happens. Very true. Uh, four drivers were able to break away early um, and it was basically a shuffle for position nearly every lap. And that allowed another group that got shuffled back at the beginning of the race to come up and make it a big party up front. Um, and, and, you know, as they, as that group grew kind of the racing amped up a little bit more and more and everything <laughs> basically was decided on the last lap. Um, some contact with vid Montien and, um, uh, Miller, Going into turn number six allowed Ardiles to kind of come through with the lead. Well, he went defensive. McMurray made a great move um, through the double rights to slide up into the lead as he was heading into the final corner. And he just left just enough room for Ardiles to slide back to the inside. So they went side by side through the corner. McMurray made a, a, some contact with one of those barriers that are there to uh, to kind of mark off the track um what's the word i'm looking for track, track boundary yeah track limits yes the track limit um so we made a little bit of contact with that so this this allowed vid Montien and miller to try and slide inside of our on the exit well as you know you go off the rumble strips and you come back onto the racetrack it seemed like all three of those carts came together going for the same piece of real estate, which was where the runoff meets the racetrack. Yeah. So I believe it was Vid Montien that was in the middle. He essentially goes airborne on top of Miller. Our gets the best benefit of it all as he's on the outside and he's able to continue on straight while these two are making contact to his right. That allowed our to get to the checkered flag first for his first series victory in the category as they continue to wreck behind him. Everybody's trying to find space to get around Nathan Dupuy, who I would think, I think he was eighth when the last lap started. Let me double check this. Uh, fifth, uh, sorry, moved up to third when the last lap started, but I think he was eighth at one time on the last lap. I don't know. It was just chaotic. He ends up coming through all of that mess to end up crossing the line in second. Davin Roberts third, McMurray back to fourth, and Jackson Wolney fifth as Vidmontian and uh, Miller wreck essentially into what was the flag stand. Luckily, oh, no. nobody, luckily nobody was hurt. 
Um, both were able to walk away, but it was it was just a wild and chaotic last man, night. Man, well, good on uh, um, our dealers for coming away with the uh, the race win there. The margin between he and Dupuis getting uh, away from that chaos was less than a, a tenth and a half point one four one. The gap between first and second. Again, as David said, Dupuis, Roberts, McMurgan, Wolney, the top five on that one. Hard charger was Ty Fisher. Up eight, uh, 10 spots. He went from 18th to 8th. Obviously, the chaos in the final lap bringing Ty Fisher back into the fight. But, David, one guy we didn't talk about in this entire race was Ernesto Rivera. We talked about the fact he'd already locked the championship, moved up to senior. Uh, but the top five looks like it helped uh, Wolney work his way up to second overall. Yeah, Wolney, 50, 551 points back in the second spot. Vid Montian in third. Stephen Miller, fourth. And Nathan Dupuis in the fifth spot. There you go. All right, uh, let's move on now to the KA100 Juniors. A number of the same drivers we'll be talking about in this category here as well. KA100 Junior presented by BBS Racing Engines. And here's the headline. Vid Montien escapes battle with first victory of the season. Yeah, again, KA100 Junior, the second largest category of the weekend. So it did have the ABCD heat format. Uh, they were led by uh, Chase Bascalia. The uh, the driver who just came off winning at the Tillotson T4 Nations Cup event yeah. uh, put down a flyer, a 50.317 to be able to set fast time in qualifying ahead of Diego Guiat, uh, Mason Waters, Sebastian Garzon, and Enzo Vidmontien, the fast five. Uh, however, in the heat race, Buscaglia was, uh, had issues, um, mechanical in the opening heat, and just, again, was not able to kind of keep pace uh, with the field ended up actually finishing I'm trying to find it 26 28th and 7th so not no. exactly <laughs> not exactly the best way to uh to begin a race weekend not after kidding. qualifying fast time so in the heat races however Giat was the driver winning all three of his heat races he won heat 1 heat 2 and heat 3 while Sebastian Garzon won in the opening round Vidmontien won the other two heat races. So it was Giat with one with three, Vidmontien with two, and Garzon with one. When you look at the six heat races, that put Giat in the pole position uh, for the main event alongside Vidmontien. Sebastian Garzon and Mason Waters in row two, and Ty Fisher with a pretty impressive weekend up to that point, uh, sitting in fifth when they rolled off for the green flag. Fisher was part of the lead pack including Diego Vidmontien. I believe Steven Miller got into that lead pack as well, along with Garzon. So it was a good, it was a good little battle, nothing too crazy. Um, everybody just kind of sizing each other, uh, but their shuffling, however, did allow another group to run them down towards the end. So very similar to what we saw at next 30 junior. Uh, this one was the first one, however, so they, they kind of copied one another. Um, eventually ended up being Vidmontien that was able to get out to the front of the field and held off all the challenges on the last lap, drove a really good last lap to, uh, to kind of keep everybody at bay. Um, they tried some side-by-side -side moves, just nobody was able to power through or get any help to get through it. Vidmontien was able to cross the line first by three tenths of a Three tenths of a second. Yeah, good for Enzo there. Good, good run for him in the Cart Republic. Uh, Giot ends up in second. Stephen Miller in third. Walters fourth, and Garzon rounding out the top five in the last uh, main event of the season for KA One Hundred Junior in the USPKS. Uh, David, a couple of quick notes here. Hard Chargers. A couple of drivers able to go up uh, twenty-eight spots. I believe you have here. 
one um, driver, 28 spots. Okay. Yeah, oh, I'll, yeah I'll, I'll go over it. Yeah. Copy that. So Walter, I'll go Walter Jenkins, 28 spots up, yes. 49th to 21st. Yeah, he was a driver we took a picture of from that last chance qualifier. He literally drove the entire last chance qualifier with a with a bent axle. It happened during the warm-up lap. Uh-huh. I think somebody spun while while they were out uh, to during the formation lap. And, and, and you know, you expect, oh, he's going to pull in. Well, he didn't pull in, and the thing was vibrating... <laughs> violently but he held enough positions to be able to be one of the six transfers into the main event nice and then put in a great performance up 28 spots as you said wow. to uh the 21st position for the main event all right what else and then you got? The, the other note i had was uh austin olds passed a lot of carts on the weekend um ended up his transponder fell off or broke off during qualifying so he had no recorded lap uh, for the qualifying session. So he had to start all three of his heat races from the tail of the field, ended up getting uh, 19th, 9th, and 9th in the two, two um, all three heat races. So essentially started, what, uh, 25th, or, yeah, around there for each heat race. So a lot of passing there. So he ended up starting the main event in the 22nd position and made his way up into 14th wow. in the main event. So. A tough, tough start to the weekend for Olds, especially with him in the championship hunt. Um, so he needed he needed to get some points to be able to finish further up than what he did. Uh, but uh, great uh, overall performance to finish 14th. Another uh, look at how important it is for a, one big race weekend, right? And it, so we know that Rivera back to back win both championships. He won the uh, X30 Junior and the K100 Junior. So kudos to Ernesto Rivera for a couple of championships there for Rawls and Performance Group again, moving up to senior as we know. But the battle, David, for second, third on back. You talk about Olds being kind of behind the eight ball. He, he ends up finishing fourth of the championship points, 32 points behind Stephen Miller into the third spot. So that battle there, Olds could have finished third, depending on how the weekend went. But Diego Giat, you got to give it up to him. What a huge weekend to wrap it all up, David. He ends up uh, finishing, what, with three heat race wins and then second in the main event to be able to go to second over Stephen Miller. Yeah, I really thought he was going to be the driver to beat. Um, I, I don't know if, obviously, when you're up front, no, no teammates to kind of help you. So, um, he did get shuffled back a couple of times, but raced his way back forward. Um, but just didn't quite have enough to be able to get there for the victory. So I expect to see a a victory coming out of this kid anytime soon. Nice. Let's uh, wrap up this segment here before we head into another break with KA 100 master, the category presented by speed concepts racing. Here's the headline. Rawlson claims fourth victory to celebrate championship. And a number of these categories, David, we didn't have a, you know, X30 Pro, K100 Senior, five different winners. Not the case so much here in K100 Masters. It was not the case. Uh, Laurentiu Mardan stopped the winning streak for Rollison back at Newcastle. So, uh, you know, Rollison still, though, essentially came into the weekend with the championship, but it wasn't mathematically clinched as Mardan, who only ran four races when you counted this weekend, um, so he still had a mathematical chance, but obviously needed to beat Rollison on the racetrack and did not do that as Rollison set it fast, set the fast time in qualifying at 50.947 and then went on to win all three heat races. So he earned maximum points through Friday and Saturday, uh, putting himself on the pole position for the main event. Uh, Danilo Romalo, the former series champion was probably the one driver that could really contend, uh, with Rollison, um, 
Scott Cop was kind of right there. He had a, a second place in the second heat race. So he started third. Romalo on the front row with Rollison. But William uh, is Isaias. Isaias. Uh, with International Motorsport on the Cart Republic, was pretty quick as well, too. Uh, he started fourth, was kind of showing s- s- potential to, to be able to compete and contend. And then Mardan was sitting there on the start at the start of the main event in the fifth position. Unfortunately, opening of the main event began with a red flag, essentially due in part to Romalo. Uh, to, to set the stage, Main event started at 9.15. Well, colder temperatures, I'm talking, you know, high 40s, early 50s. Yeah. What do you think of when the racetrack's that, when the, when the temperature's that cold? What do you think of the racetrack? Um, yeah. On the red tires, mind yeah. you. The harder. A little, slip, little slippery, maybe? Yeah. So um, he essentially went into the, the Monza at the end of the long straight, uh, with what looked like to have like no brakes whatsoever. And oh, nearly just took out took out Rollison. Well, as they did, I think he came in, hit the wall and bounced off and then went back into the rest of the field, bringing the wall with him. It kind of caused a schmazzle, as Tim Coyne would say it. Um, And Pappas, Max Pappas, who was uh, in the category, was involved in the wreck, uh, bringing out a red flag due to an arm injury. Not sure exactly the extent of the injury, but was able to be walking around the rest of the day with an arm in a sling. So we'll have to get updates on that. But um, so the race started in a red flag after completing one lap uh, restarted um, and Scott cop jumped out to the early lead, got the, got kind of the jump on the, on the restart and was up to the lead league showing the way Rollison, I think fell back to about midway, but was able to knife his way back towards the front and take over the lead from cop. And just after he did that, Cop came through the turn one, turn two segment, you know, making that curb jump as they all do. And the chain popped right off the uh, the machine of Scott Cop. So Ugh. put him on the sideline. That essentially put Romalo into the challenger's position. He was able to run down Rollison and take over the lead on lap 15. As they began the last lap, Rollison had Mardan on his bumper. They got together and they worked right past Romalo down the long back straight into the Monza corner. So it put Rollison first, Mardan second, and Romalo in third as they went into the hairpin. Mardan went defensive and Romalo went basically to the grass and just where there was enough room for a cart to kind of get in there. Um, And those two made contact as they went in through the corner. That allowed William Isaias to slide around both of those drivers as Rollison went to the checkered flag unchallenged for what was his fourth victory on the season. So put a little stamp on the championship for him is Isaias crossed the line in the second spot. Romalo actually finished the cross the line in the third position, but pushback bumper and con- uh, penalties for contact only uh, at the start of the race were with the incident. And then at the end of the race with Mardan, uh, put him down the order. So that moved Nikki Coella up into the third position, Mardan into fourth, and Miguel Mir rounding out the top five. There you have it. Hard charger was uh, Coella up six spots from ninth to third. Mike Rollison with the championship. David, it ended up being 192 points between Rollison and Mardan. So, yeah, again, um, heat race points. You know, if Mardan was able to get the 50 points in qualifying and 100 for all three heat races, it would have helped. Yeah down a little bit more, but uh, it still was kind of kind of out of reach 
for Mardan, but still well, until we got through, I think Saturday it wasn't mathematically clinched yet for Rollison. Yeah, cool, cool lineup of drivers too. Rollison, Mardan, Coelho, Mir, and uh, Barrios are your top five. Mario Barrios was not uh, there on the weekend, but fifth overall in the championship. Bunch of different parts of the country. Uh, obviously, Barrios down from Peru. You got Coelho in Wisconsin, Mardan in Illinois, Mir down in Texas, Rollison, of course, Pacific Northwest. So a really good field of drivers here in our KA100 Masters category. And shout out to Mike Rollison. Uh, again, jumping behind the wheel this year. I uh, wanted to get a better feel for the KA100 Masters category for his customers give them someone to chase as well so really cool to see david to see to see uh, mike come away with the championship yeah and that that you'll um we kind of broke down that 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 philosophy of of trying to uh to get more information for the k side of things and and to be able to be part of this championship and and help the customers uh excel um and also to add another title for him so uh you know the what 2006 rotax u.s <laughs> grand nationals winner now has another uh notch to his cv there it is folks uh another break of the action when we get back we'll wrap up the race report presented by peril and usa with our reports on both mini swift and micro swift is indycar your dream if it is for 2023 and beyond the path from karting to indycar has gotten even clearer it's time to look into the new USF Juniors program and the brand new Tatus JR23. As the first step of the newly rebranded USF Pro Championships presented by Cooper Tires, the USF Junior Series will feature a six-event, 16-race schedule to train racers for the move into the USF 2000 Championship presented by Cooper Tires. The USF Juniors champion will win a scholarship worth over $248,000 and the total prize fund will exceed $330,000. The series will also debut the new Tatus JR23 race car in 2023, which is a development version of the USF22 used in USF2000. It's the ideal entry point for career-minded carters moving on to the car racing ladder. Safety is always front and center in the mind of the series promoters, and the USF Juniors car features a halo, and the races are supported by members of the AMR IndyCar safety team. If IndyCar is your goal, USF Juniors is the starting line. For more information, visit www.usfjuniors.com and follow USF Juniors on social media. Motor mounts. They keep your engine attached to your chassis, right? The answer is, they're much more important than that. Your motor mount is critical in transferring 100% of the power from your engine through to your tires and the racetrack. You need this to get on the podium each and every time you race. Odenthal Racing Products is here for you, providing the best motor mounts on the karting market today, all designed to make sure you're using all the horsepower you pay for. Odenthal Racing Products is a family-owned and operated business with decades of karting experience in providing products with unmatched quality and value for our racing community. The Pro Series mount for two cycle engines, which is available in zero, five, and eight degree inclinations, provides a rigid structure to help keep vibration to a minimum without adding too much weight to your setup. The four cycle easy set system is one of the most popular mounts for the Briggs & Stratton 206 power plant. Multiple mounting holes provide the most adjustability depending on your chassis and seat placement. To ensure a tight fit to your chassis, our ORP wedge clamps get the job done. And they feature a number of design updates to provide a lower profile and lighter weight. 
The clamps are available from 28 mil to 32 mil in both standard and Euro style sizes. And now, Oluguthal has also revolutionized the karting industry with its new Easy GP camera mounting system. Designed to mount anywhere on your chassis with one or two cameras, the ORP Easy GP camera mount is your solution to capture that onboard winning moment. Head to OdenthalRacing.com and find a dealer near you. Odenthal Racing Products, proudly made in the USA. Kometic Gasket is a leading worldwide supplier of gaskets and engine sealing solutions for karting, automotive performance, power sports, original equipment, and the remanufactured engine industries. Kometic karting gaskets are available as OE replacement top end kits or as individual gaskets and seals. Just like competitive carters, Kometic can operate on the fly and has the unique capability to customize any gasket to meet specific engine requirements and clearances. All of Kometic's fiber materials are asbestos free and do not require any additional sealants. Viton oil ring cylinder head seals are used in each two cycle kit and Kometic's four cycle engine kits feature only the most advanced multi-layer steel head gaskets. Kometic can tailor to engine builder specific needs through bulk ordering and packaging flexibility. Kometic gaskets are must-haves for championship winning teams across multiple disciplines of both professional and amateur motorsports. Kometic gasket, sealing championships since 1989. Welcome back ladies and gentlemen to episode number 120 of our EKN debrief as David Cole gives us his full report from the US PKS finale at Trackhouse Motorplex this past weekend. The race report brought to you by Peril and USA. Let's move in now to Mini Swift as we cap off our race report with Mini and Micro. Mini Swift presented by DNJ Intermodal Services. Here's your headline. Vega claims first in class. It was a interesting weekend in Mini Swift because, again, one of the drivers, Lucas Palacio, had the essentially the championship wrapped up. So yeah. it was kind of a focus on the race more than it was points. And so it looked like a lot of drivers were, were all in to try and get that victory on the weekend. Travis Pettit being one of them looking for his first USPKS victory, uh, put in the fast time in qualifying with a 52.792 ahead of teammate Trinity Carding Group teammate Lucas Palacio. Marco Romero in third. Uh, Alessio. Um, no, Alessandro, correct? Am I right? Alessandro Piz. Yeah, oh my God, Antonio, I can never say Anto his name. Antonio, Antonio, Antonio That's what it was. Yes, I always forget his first name. I apologize. That's right. Uh, with Royce Vega making up the fast five and qualifying on Friday evening, Vega and Palacio were the two different winners over the three heat races. It was Vega that was able to pick up two of them: the opening and the third heat race, while Palacio took the win in the second. Michael McGoy had a string of runner-ups yeah. in all three heat races, while Palacio had two-thirds in the races that he did not win. So essentially put Palacio on the pole position, Vega second, McGoy in third, Max Christia in fourth, and Marco Samut, uh, Samit in the fifth position to start the main event. Main event time, three drivers were able to break away. That included... Vega, McGoy, and Christia as Palacio just kind of fell backwards. Uh, not really sure if it was 
due to the fact he didn't want to make any kind of issues or troubles because championship already in hand, any type of unsportsmanlike conduct or uh, penalties could have cost him the championship. So Palacio kind of fell out of the picture in terms of the race win as these three drivers were able to get away from the rest of the field, which wasn't the case throughout the weekend because all three heat races were heated and contested uh, all weekend long. So this was a different one, just having the three drivers break away. Uh, as they did, they kind of shuffled for a position, but Royce Vega was the driver uh, with with making a statement, able to secure the lead uh, and held on through the last lap as Christia and McGoy were fighting for the second spot. So that allowed Vega to essentially run unchallenged to his first victory in Mini Swift. Yeah, big run for Royce Vega to get that victory and also uh, pushes him up into the top five of the championship points as well. Max Christia coming home in second, McGoy. Uh, Luke Tal and uh, Antonio Pizzonia Nito rounding out the top five. Pizzonia Nito, actually, David, was the hard charger as well. You mentioned he qualified fourth. He ended up coming up 16 spots from 21st to fifth. Do you have any notes on, on why he started so far back? Must have been obviously issues potentially in the heat races. Uh, there's two letters that would help signify that. Can you Throw think of it? Throw it out there. Two letters. D what are two letters? There you go. D what happened? Uh, I believe yeah, there yeah. was an unsportsmanlike conduct oh. penalty in right. the opening heat race. So uh, okay. that put him at the tail of that finishing order. He ran third in the second heat and 15th in the other heat Ooh. race. Right. So put him back in that 21st position. There you go. The two, two letters. He said, why, why, why are you playing games with me right now? Uh, because that's what I do, Rob. We have do. to make it fun and play games when we're doing our podcast. That's we can't true. be boring and the same old, same old boring stuff. Come on. Palacio with the championship. As David had already <laughs> mentioned, Michael McGoy ends up in second spot. Overall, a good weekend for McGoy. As, you, as David had said, three uh, heat races finishing P2 and then third in the main event. He ends up topping Christia. Uh, in third, Vega fourth, and Travis Pettit rounding out the top five in the championship. And look, and no. Christia only did four race weekends. Another so, driver, uh, another four. driver who was pretty good throughout the uh, the four races that he did do. Didn't need a drop, but could have also helped him improve uh, had he had a fifth race weekend. Let's cap off this race report with Micro Swift presented by Team Ferris Racing. The headline: Ives scores fourth to etch name on championship trophy. Parker Ives. That's Parker all I have Ives. to say. Perfect weekend. Oh, no, perfect weekend. Yeah. Um, that's it. We're done. <laughs> done. Next commercial break. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically went unchallenged all weekend long. Never relinquished the top spot. Wow. All three heat races. And I think he was out to almost a two second advantage by the time they came through the opening lap of the main event. So again, uh, made it a, a somewhat boring race to watch right. uh, out front, but behind him, obviously when you got over 40 micro drivers all over the racetrack, there's something to watch with those kids. Uh, but behind him, it ended up being, uh, sorry, lost his name, Cade Wolf, uh, who was pretty much in the second spot for much of the weekend, qualified second, and was second in the opening heat race, but uh, ended up dropping to third and seventh in the other heat races. He was able to start uh, third place for the main event and was into the second spot early, held that position for the remainder of the race. Um, so essentially the battle was for P3 uh, on the racetrack during the main event. Aston Wyatt was able to secure that spot ahead of Colton Schneegenberg and Isaac Payne in the fifth position. 
Hard Charger Pasha Ali on the Saudi cart started in 34th and was able to race his way up into the top 10. That's an impressive run for Pasha Ali. 24 spot improvement. Do you recall what happened in, in the heat races for him to fall back that far? Yeah, just qualified 20th. So didn't uh-huh. have a good qualifying session. Um, finished 20th, 32nd, and then had a DNF in the final heat race. So uh, that will definitely put you further back in the main event grid. Maxwell Macho did whatever he could in the championship, but it's hard to beat four wins. And that gives Parker Ives the championship by 322 points. Aston Wyatt comes home in third, Colton Schneegenberg in fourth. And De Janeiro, as we mentioned before, jumping up into the mini class, uh, ends up fifth overall, did not run the final weekend in micro, went to mini instead. David, there you go. That's the race report. Pretty solid racing, all told, sounds like. Yeah, eight categories. Uh, yeah, solid racing for the most part. Um, and uh, and eight different champion, well, seven different champions, but uh, eight in eight different categories as yeah. we did have a double champion in 2023. Ernesto Rivera getting those two championships in, in the X30 Junior and KA100 Junior. Final break in this edition of the Debrief. When we get back, David will wrap things all up. We'll look at the Constructors' Championship and we'll cap it off with the ECAN Trackside Live Race Calendar. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs at many of karting's biggest East Coast events, full product sales and service, and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one coaching to take you to the next level. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group is an official Kart Republic race team providing full trackside support at all the major USA karting events, including the Scusa Pro Tour, United States Pro Kart Series, Scusa Super Nationals 25, and other events throughout the 2022 season. TKG has in stock Kart Republic, IAMI, MG Novinko tires, and more products for those in Ohio and the Midwest region. Trinity Karting Group has a long history of the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. Openfender.com is a way for racers like you to raise money to reach your racing goals. I'm founder Mason Filippi of the world's first motorsports funding platform. As a racer, I know that there's a lot we do behind the scenes before hitting the track. Driving fast, winning races comes after a lot of prep, practice, and let's face it, a lot of money. The good news is that fans and sponsors want you to win. They want to help you and be part of your team. That's why I created OpenFender.com, to get these supporters funding your dreams and getting you across the finish line. In a few minutes, you can set up a profile, share it on your socials, and encourage fans and sponsors to boost your racing. Racers using OpenFender are averaging over $1,000 per campaign. This is money that's buying them parts, paying fees, and getting them to the next level. Join OpenFender now and start funding your performance. Winning takes top quality equipment, flawless preparation, experienced coaching, and passion. And at Team GFC, 
we live our passion. Developed by American karting champion Gary Carlton, the GFC chassis has become one of the newest brands to reach the top of the podium in North America. GFC has garnered victories and championships at all levels of the sport since its debut at the end of 2018. Shipper car drivers are at the front of the field in the GT14 frame, with the SS31 a consistent contender in tag and 100cc competition. Team GFC has arrive and drive packages available for all categories, including the mini and micro classes utilizing the GFC RR5 cadet chassis. These young pilots have the opportunity to be part of the Team GFC Young Driver Development Program. Learn from one of the best American carters with 28 years racing at the highest levels of the sport, offering personalized training on and off the track. Follow GFC Karting on Facebook and Instagram or click over to gfccarting.com to learn more about joining Team GFC. GFC, live your passion. Back into episode 120 of the EKN Debrief. Rob Howden alongside David Cole. Let's cap things off from the USPKS finale at Trackhouse. David, let's wrap things up. A couple of red flags on the weekend. And ironically, they were both in the same family. Max Pappas and Mateo Pappas were the two red flags. Mateo had a, an incident during one of the heat races that uh, brought out a red flag. Luckily, he was able to walk away. But, uh, but a little cuts and bruises here and there. Um so all in all, in all a, a safe weekend, but it, it seemed like there was like that end of season frustration uh, throughout the weekend, uh, you know, just drivers who were, you know, didn't quite be where they wanted to be. just yeah. seemed like, you know, a little bit more aggressive possibly. Or, uh, but you get that towards the end of the season again, you know, Sunday, or, you know, really I, it was more so at the end of Saturday and then maybe a little bit on Sunday, but uh you know, the 30 heat races in one day, that's a lot. And by the time we get to the end of Saturday, kind of the everybody's been at the racetrack for 10 hours, you know, that kind of it kind of adds up. And especially yeah, yeah. since we've been um, busy since the month of January. So this is uh, really the only kind of break we will have until we get to the couple one off races to close out the year. So um, I don't know. It's just it wasn't bad, but you could see a couple instances where you're like, oh, why? <laughs> yeah, you could have gave some room. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So, um, so yeah, but there were a number of penalties put down. Um, I think that's still one of the things that that USPKS is still kind of working out is is the race direction part of things. Um, there was there's number of penalties turned over as well too. So, um, I think they're still trying to find a happy medium with that. Copy that. Yeah, and that's always something you got to work on. Um, David, you got noted here about championship format change needed. Is that a question? Was it a topic? What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? It's both, I think. Uh, you know, I was asking some people about it yeah. because, again, when you go into the, the series finale, you got to have some drama. You got to, it, it, it's still, you're, I know it's still a show that you're putting on. Yep. Um, and when you have, uh, you know, six of the eight championships already decided before you hit put tires on, on the racetrack it kind of makes for a less dramatic weekend. And then does it maybe add a little bit more chaos to it because everybody's all gun ho for victory and don't care about points. Yeah. Um, so there's talk. Maybe they just don't, don't do a drop race next year, make it all five weekends count towards the championship format, or maybe do they need to adjust the points system? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
little less, know, little less points in the, in the heat races, maybe, so that you, you got to come, you can come in and still win the main event and, and come you know, away. You know? Looking at looking at it from a math side of things, I think it's the gap between positions. Um, okay. You know, you look at the the points that were up for grabs. I, I'll I'll give you. I'll kind of bring up the the points here. Um, you know, it's 300 points to win, which, you know, that's a lot of points, but you're giving out a hundred points to win, uh, each of the, each of the heat races. So, I mean, that, I think that's not an issue, but you have 15 points between first and second in the main event. So, and then 15 points between second and third. So it's very similar to that old school WK point system format that just counted the one race. Um, so I think if we closed up the gap and, almost made it, Hey, one position on the racetrack is one point in the championship kind of thing where you can still do a hundred points for a heat win, but make it 99 for second, 98 for third, et cetera, to kind of close that gap. Because as we saw, you know, a driver with three wins clinched the championship before you even went into the fifth, fifth event. So I think that would close that up and make it more interesting, but it still allows the people who are successful to be, able to stay up towards the point. So I did maybe some, you know, somebody can do some, some, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Some trials, some some models, yeah, some models, some simulations for, for different point structuring and see kind of where things would, would end up because you still, I still think the drivers who won the championship deserve it. Uh, no doubt about it, but I I'd like to see, you know, we did see the drama in KA, so that was good. Uh, but not every category is going to have five different winners on the year. I mean, sure. yes, we saw it in X30 Pro, but you know, Norberg was was the most consistent driver throughout the year, no doubt about it. So, um, yeah, I'd like to see it mix it up. There's there's other programs, one on the West Coast primarily, the Challenge in the Americas, that uh, I like their point system. It, we we get drama, even though we count five of the six, we still get drama uh, every season what, uh, that we that we are there covering it. So. Again, simulations might might show some different things and have uh, different outlooks or, or different out, outputs. And I don't know. That's that, that that was kind of my talk with talking with some of the people. And I but I think if they count all five, maybe that will be the, the big changing point um, in, in making some of the championships a little bit tighter. We definitely would. Let's uh, let's wrap things up on this part, David. Uh, 12th season for the USBKS coming up. Not not that. Long. Yeah, it's it's still four or five months away, but um next season 12th season yeah april is when the start of the 2024 season for the united states pro card series begins so uh just uh, around the corner six months (laughs) actually yeah it will be a longer it will be a longer uh off season for the program because they've been starting it in the month of march March. so um so it will be a little bit but uh you know still waiting to hear uh, talked with Mark Coates. They're they're working on making sure all the contracts are going to be signed before they announce what locations the five race weekends will be at. Obviously, we have some ideas of where they will be, but uh, nothing is confirmed yet. So maybe get that news uh, sometime this month, maybe, or within the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, yeah, no doubt. Let's look at the Constructors' Championship, David. Uh, six different brands winning over the eight categories. Yeah, Cosmic was able to grab three victories all under the Rollison Performance Group tent, so they lead the way for the weekend. Sodicart, 
GFC, Cart Republic, Benick, and Nitro Cart all picking up a victory for themselves. So six brands of the eight wins. Wow, big stuff. Good job for Ralston Performance Group there. But again, like you said, GFC coming over, getting that win with Kyle uh, with Kyle Wick. Sodi Cart's been keep they they keep racking up the uh, the wins, and and we know of course Nitro doing a great job in that Cadet category. Oh yeah, uh, and the uh, the Geo Cup went to Rollison Performance Group again as well. That's their team championship yeah. that they that they tally up throughout the season. Uh, I believe it counts top three finishes in every category. So whatever team you're racing for will earn those points, and and the Rollison Performance yeah. Group earned it once again. I want to say this is this is the third year, possibly fourth year that they've won it. Wow. I have to double check that. I got I got to put that in my uh, my 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 Excel sheet. Well, this just rolls in right nicely here, David. Ecan Trackside Live Race Calendar brought to you by the Rawlson Performance Performance Group. At the Rawlson Performance Group, we strive for ultimate success. We're more than just an arrive-and-drive race team with countless wins on the national and regional level. Our focus is on complete driver development, and that's where the success is fueled. We combine one-on-one coaching, on-track instruction, and intensive data debriefing with unparalleled cart and engine prep. Our program will help you raise your game. We'll take you to the next level. If that's your goal, RPG needs to be your next next move. Experience the Rawls and difference. And again, this is the Ecan Trackside Live race calendar, and there is only one more left for us, David, in terms of uh, hitting the road and getting back to the racetrack. November 8th to the 12th, we've got about a month before we head to the Supercarts USA Super Nationals 26th at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Back to the Supernats for me for the 26th time. Ooh, you're old. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I, haven't made the, I haven't officially made the announcement on social. I'll do this right after we're done here. But I'm actually not going to run this year. I've decided I, I raced last year in the K100 Masters category. I've decided not to run in 2023. It's been a, it's been a busy season for me. The, lot, the, the most events I've done ever in the 20, what, eight years I've been doing this. So I'm, I'm worn out. I'm tired. And I just, I'm like, I'm just not going to be good enough for the Supernats. I'm not going to be where I need to be. So, hey, you know what? Um, we'll 100% focus back on my commentating with uh, Cart Chaser and all the guys we have there with Xander and, and Mike and, and, uh, and with you as well. You and I will be hammering down tons of content planned for this year's race. Oh, you're going to work with me now instead yeah, of race. Dude. Yeah, that'll be nice. Old, old, old school. <laughs> It'll be old school again. Um, I mean, let's face it. I put you in retirement. Just, you did. Just, no, just no, you did. I just Tony Ventresca you. <laughs> dude, I may, be, I may be back in Masters at CKNA again next year. I, I'll see how it plays you're, out. You're, you're going to come back in 2024, come January. You're going to be pounding laps somewhere in Florida, Probably. California. I know that's it. That's the idea. That's the idea. But yeah, so that's, that's, that's our next one, David. We're going to cap things off with the, the Super Nationals. Uh, back out of the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Uh, as you had mentioned, we've talked, I think we talked about this when we were at CKNA. Uh, hopefully, a brand new track design. Like literally blow it apart and do something completely different, right? It is. It is going to be a brand new track location, track design. Uh, we're still waiting to hear from Supercarts USA on all of that. I do, you know, they do have the pit map out, but no track map as of yet. So we're still kind of waiting on that. Um, it's going to be tight. I can tell you that it's going to be uh, something different that uh, they have not done before, probably. So the same layout that we've we used at Rio, same layout that we used before going to the uh, the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, not going to be the same as those. There you go. All right. 
So, folks, there you go. That wraps up this edition of our EKN Debrief. Uh, David Cole giving us a really deep dive into the USPKS Trackhouse Motorplex finale, the Carolina Grand Prix. Uh, final thoughts, David, uh, all told, again, you I saw some of the stuff you posted to social media. You've been part of the USPKS series, covering it here for eCardi News since the very beginning. You were there at, uh, at uh, what was then Mooresville Motorplex when it first la- the series first launched. They were building the scoring tower while you guys were there. Uh, you've mm-hmm. been in that tower many, many times over the, the last uh, 11 years. All told, really a banner year for USPKS. It was, you know, the new change, uh, the expansion of the schedule, the format change, it was a a banner year, record numbers as well, too. So that really stands out. But uh, thank you to Mark Coates, uh, obviously Eric Jones with MG Tires USA for their support and uh, continuing to work with us. Uh, It's, you know, it's been, you know, a a great relationship. I help them. They help us. Uh, it's, it's been good and hopefully for another 11 more years. That's it. Right? That's it. Again, uh, uh, what 12th season coming for the USPKS in 2024 and EK, ecardinews.com will be there as we always are. Thank you for tuning into this edition of the EKN debrief. We've got lots more content coming. We can kind of take a little breather and do some more content. Cause obviously we don't, you know, our next outlap really isn't until the start of, <laughs> start of November. For the uh, for the Scusa Supernationals, as you those of you know, we do a ton of pre-event coverage for the Supernats, class by class previews. You name it, our predictions, lots coming, of course. But we got some time for that. Take a little bit of a breather. It's been a crazy season. David, of course, has been on a long run of races here uh, through the last uh, couple of weeks as well. So we'll give him some time to spend with the family and kind of chill out, enjoy the fall season. Thank you again for tuning in, folks. Big shout out to Greg Bell and Mega Power and Leading Edge Motorsports for sponsoring uh, this particular edition of the Debrief Podcast. Lots more to come here on the EKN Radio Network. Thanks for tuning in once again. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now.